I'm John Peterson, author of Playing at the World and Game Wizards. You are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about playing D&D without playing D&D. In the news, the one D&D survey results are in for the Druid and the Paladin, the Orc license gets a new draft, Schwab Entertainment will publish the modern-day Viking RPG When the Wolf Comes, and more, plus a brand new sketch about naming an adventuring party. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week's podcast is sponsored by Jolly Bodger's Piratical Outfitters, who offer a wide range of parrots, wooden legs, cutlasses, eye patches, tricorns, and beard beads. Whether you're a buccaneer, privateer, or tyrannical scourge of the seas, Jolly Bodger has you covered. It seems to me that the young people have started dressing as pirates recently. They seem to consider it fashionable to wear eye patches and ridiculous hats. What's wrong with a simple robe with gold lace filigree and a vaulted collar? That's what I want to know. All the tabletop role-playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, hello, and indeed hello, and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, playing with Cadence and saying things slightly differently this week. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, has ever. It is true, <laughs> a delight to be here. Peter is also playing with Cadence. Joining us as well, from the Dark Hearts... Of the basements of Ian Publishing's mighty, some might say, satanic publishing mills. It's the one. It's the only. It's... It is me, Jessica, from Ian Publishing. I like I like the idea of us having satanic publishing mills. Yeah. Yeah, I, I more sit, because um, I'm in a townhouse and my office is on the third floor, so I like to think of it more as a citadel, sort of like <laughs> Sauron's Tower. It's kind of a tower, yeah. Because yeah. I can survey things from up here. Mm. Oh, okay. Like a cat looking out a window. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm small and fearful and have many well, natural predators. I do have a small announcement, which is that my website, homebrewandhacking.com, is now live. It doesn't have a lot there, Woo! but if you're interested in my stuff, that is where it will be. And because I dislike the modern blogging trend of everything just being piled up places and not having an index, it's going to have an index. You can look on there and that will tell you where you can look for more stuff that I write. There. Amazing. Another hey. place... You can find uh, your works, Peter, for Level Up Advanced 5th Edition. Mm -hmm. Indeed, it's on DriveThruRPG. And do you know, it will now be so much easier for people to find Level Up Advanced 5th Edition things on DriveThruRPG because it is now listed as its own system category thing. I forgot the right words for it, but hopefully that announcement seemed grand enough. It's its own publisher category. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, marvellous. It says its own system. So that'll be all third-party publishers... When you look for Level Up, you'll see all the third-party content as well, which is good. Oh, that is fantastic news, Mm -hmm. Uh, just because it lets people know that actually Level Up's a serious system with Mm -hmm. keen developers, and not just me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just Peter on there doing stuff, like, really enthusiastically, because there's a lot of third-party stuff. It's all Peter. Uh, Every uh, third-party product you see is actually Peter. Well, Well, technically, that isn't entirely untrue, because... Peter Martin of Purple Martin Games, I think, probably has the most stuff on there. Um, I haven't actually sat down and counted, but 
like the man's just been cranking it out. It's impressive. I have a question yeah. from a person who listeners listen. Oh, a listener's again. question. I have a yes. That's what I mean. I have a question from someone who listens. Okay. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa! I did sign up for this. That's crazy. All calm right, right. down. Come on, come on. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. So right. we have a question from Joe and Chris. They say, I typically participate in long, like, month-to-year campaigns, which feature rich character development. Nice. Enjoy that. Um, And some players become very attached to their player characters, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. And they said, what is your advice on character death in long campaigns? And how is that? does that differ to shorter games? Oh, hi to Joe and Chris. Not for me, it doesn't, I don't think. I guess I'd be more willing to have character death in a long one than a shorter one, because Mm -hmm. in a very short one, swapping and changing characters and things is... A little more disruptive than in a long run, I guess. I mean, a lot of it does depend upon what you're doing and where and when. Like, and it all depends upon your individual preferences. I think maybe that could even be a session zero topic. Yes. Which is, how would you like to handle it? I did exactly that because I'm running a campaign and it's a zombie survival TTRPG. Mm-hmm. Where, where the zombies survive? That seems wrong. <laughs> they Yes, the zombies do. But part of the system I've chosen is very brutal. And if you get into combat, like one or two hits and your character could be dead. Like, because it's, it's very brutal. So like the decision to go into combat is quite serious. So I said, I said to them quite early on, I was like, this could happen. And also anytime you interact physically with a zombie in this game, you kind of roll a dice to see if you get infected. And then that's yeah. bad news. So I'm like, so, it, you know, character is very high. So I made that really clear. Um, I did that, made that really clear when I invited people to play the game. I said, I'm doing mm. this. And that was kind of on the thing. So yeah. if people were like, no, nah, I don't really fancy that. That's the case. And I went over it in session zero again. And yeah, so I have some pre-made backup character. So if mid-session it happens, there's a couple of like NPCs that are in their group that, you know, they could just be for that session whilst they think about making a new character for the next one in the campaign. But yeah, I think it so depends on the campaign and the vibe of what you're doing. So that's how I kind of approached it. So I pretty much get the buy-in from players and the expectations so they know that's a possibility. So I think if you do that to somebody and they're not expecting it, that could feel a bit mean. But as long as everyone's on board and knows that could happen, then I think think that's fine. Um, And I think give people a a good death. Let them narrate their death as well. If you know they're going to die... Get, make it a cool moment because think about how many movies and TV mm. shows and books where you get a character death and it's like a really, it's a meaningful sacrifice or it's a moment that has an emotional impact. So yeah. I'd say try and find a way to let you let your, your player narrate that. Yeah, yeah. It is a tricky one. I actually quite like, as a player, having the possibility of death be on the cards, as it were, mm-hmm. because it makes it more exciting for me. Um, yeah. Like, because it feels like there's something high at risk. stake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah, that for me is sort, sort of like a little bit of a problem with high level mm-hmm. D&D because it's like, it's a bit of a revolving door afterlife. Yeah. And I don't think you should be penalised out of character. But he, 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 it's so tricky though, because it's like some games like Paranoia thrive upon characters dying and coming back in. Other yeah. games, there's very much a strong story element. And it's like, find out what sort of game you're playing. I like to say, mm-hmm. well, you know, I want things to feel like they are high stakes. So resurrections mm-hmm. would be difficult and you're you're going to have to be smart, lucky and tough. But then yeah. if you are smart, lucky and tough, then you feel really good about it. So it it's yeah. so much is dependent on your group. I, it's really hard. I don't really think there's yeah. a one single answer 
Um, there's not one. Yeah, I think you're right. There's not one single answer. I mean, another thing uh, my group did when we had it was a D and D campaign. We had we had a character die, and we had uh, the players had a funeral for that character afterwards, and that was quite nice for the characters, but also for the players because we all like had like a, a you know a little wake sitting around talking about you know the characters talking about that character. So it was quite nice for the player to have their character be you know sat and remembered and talked through and and do those things. And during the wake scene, we had the possibility of doing flashback scenes. So if that player was like, oh, I really wanted to have this moment with them, we can say, yeah, let's say that happened in their past and let's do that scene as like a, a flashback of someone remembering that happening. So, I mean, it's storytelling at the end of the day, so you can you can jump the timeline a bit if you want to. Mm. Usually that, those that moments were like... like personal development sort yeah. of ones, opposed yeah. to, and then I killed the god. <laughs> like It was more like, we had this nice moment between these two characters when when we were friends, and this was the moment that cemented our friendship, you know, type thing. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that sort of like scratching away at the tin of a bigger can of worms that maybe we shouldn't open right now about okay. storytelling in games and so forth. But mm-hmm. that might be straying outside the scope of this podcast, or the, at True. least the question. So yeah, but um, hopefully, Joan, Chris, that has answered your question. We say have. Make sure you you have everyone's expecting it and knows what the rules mm. are around death and that it could happen that it's an option on the table, mm. and um, make the death meaningful and cool in some way. And if they want, maybe give the players or the characters a chance to kind of reminisce and have a moment of, oh, that was a cool character. Goodbye. Yeah, wake wakes are excellent yeah. to have in, and you should definitely build those in into a game. Should we do some news now? Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought I might try my hand at one of these segue things because. Hans Jessica was talking so smoothly about the importance of the session zero and agreeing what sort of world that you Mm -hmm. have. The person who does absolutely all of the, well, they do the best world building game that most people have heard of, which is Microscope. They're currently doing uh, another project. This one is a Kickstarter. It's called In This World, and it's all about questioning the assumptions of your universe to make something more awesome. Oh, uh, nice. Ben Robbins. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just whack a link into the show notes for you. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited. I, I've always been very fond of my group. And this one, it's like all about saying, uh, yeah, just challenge it. It's for three to five players. There's no games master, no prep. You just sit down and play through it. So it's like pretty interesting, really. Oh, nice. So it's good yeah. for world building for your campaign then. Very good for world building for your campaign. So yeah, um, I, I thought that was quite useful. So it might be that in your game, zombies don't die; they just keep trucking. Well, you, yeah, the, yeah, they mm. don't. They just keep going. Yeah. Well, in my game, it's set only four months into the outbreak, so Mm-mm. unknown at this stage. Yeah, yeah. That does look that does look pretty cool. Using this source material. Right, right, right. So some news. Mm. We have news. We have plenty of news. Yeah. So. Where should we start? Should we start with D&D? Should we start with the Orc license or should we start with something well, else? Well, the Orc license isn't D&D. It isn't D&D. So, so do you want to start with the Orc license? But maybe we should hold that because I feel that there may be... I don't know. Do you feel we've got much to, to say about the Orc license? Well, I've got a bit to say about it. Not a lot. Yeah, right. in, in the sense of it being a news item, I can talk about it for 30 seconds. I mean... I don't I don't have a lot to say about <laughs> it. So, um... Let's go then. Toot toot. Take it away, Russ. Orc us up. So there's a new version of the Open RPG Creative License that's been released by Paizo uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Azora Law, who are also alloys. 
And this license is um, an update based on feedback from the license, the version they released, mm-hmm. what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? Recently, anyway. Um, so there's a bunch of changes. The main, um, and a lot more FAQ, a lot more exp- ans- ex- answers and explanations in their mm-hmm. ACTS document, their answers and explanations document, which is kind of, um, comes out alongside it. So um, it's not vastly different, but there are some changes, and they are requesting feedback again. And this time they want to mm-hmm. get this mm-hmm. license finalised by the end of this month so that people can start using it. So they want to get it done. Um, so the kind of some, some of the sort of main changes, there's a bit of clarification in there. They've changed a few terms uh, just to clarify the difference between product mm-hmm. identity and licensed material. And also they've sort of clarified some of the stuff about game mechanics automatically becoming, mm-hmm. licen- mm-hmm. uh, becoming licensed material. And they've actually added in to the FAQ, the ACTS, that if you don't want that, you know, if you want to hold mm. back some of your game mechanics or whatever, or you don't want that to become licensed material, then maybe this license isn't for you. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're coming out explicitly and saying it. They're saying that this is how it is. Okay. If you use this license, your game mechanics will be open okay. source. You have no choice. Okay. If you don't like that, don't use the license, they're saying. What that also means is if you use the license to borrow just one thing from another game, mm-hmm. say, say you, Peter, released a source book of feats and decided to do so under the orc license peter would never do such a thing how dare you oh <laughs> i can't imagine peter releasing a source book of feats ever no but say i feel say like i am being mocked i will not stand <laughs> for it good day fortunately i'm sitting down so please continue um. <laughs> but, say, but say you did yeah. and say i'm writing another book yes. and i think I quite like that one feat. Mm. And there's, there's, there's a book, you've released a book of 100 feats, and I yeah. like one of them, and I want to put it in my book. Yes. I take that one feat, yes. put it in my book, I have to use the Orc license, because that's the license you've released that book under. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Orc license specifically says it applies to the whole book. Right. And it says that if you use even just one bit of borrowed material from another book, your entire book is bound by the Orc license, and therefore all of your mechanics are open content. Right, so that for, so, for, for I don't know about anyone else, but for me personally, that's actually a massive anti-sell because I don't want to restrict what other people do with their books. I want the credit. That's why I am releasing my stuff under Creative Commons with like the mm-hmm. uh, a credit. I can't remember the name. It's really bad, but that's okay. That's why I write these things down so I don't have to remember it. But there's mm-hmm. Creative Commons yeah. where they, you have to do attribution. I'm happy to do that mm-hmm. because, like, I want people to be able to use my stuff because yeah. it will solve a problem for them. So, yeah. saying, and now you have to use your whole book under the York license because you borrowed so, that bit. Yeah, so, the different, yeah, so the difference here is they're doubling down on the viral share-alike nature of it. Mm. Okay. They're, like, saying, right, we're going all in on this. On it open. is a viral share-alike license. If you use it, you are sharing stuff. Mm-hmm. You have no choice. Don't like it, don't use it. Use a different license is what they're saying. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's got its pros and cons, and it's not. I, I guess it's not for everybody. But it's very clear. It's, it, it, is, it is clear. What, what Another sort of slight thing is, of course, you can't take like open gaming content and then re-release that under Orc because that's not your content to release under Orc. You've got a license to use the open gaming content through the open gaming license, but it's not your content. So you can't. So there's a few nuances like that. So you can't really transfer open gaming content, someone else's open gaming content, over to Orc. Mm. Which I suppose, if it makes sense, you shouldn't be able to. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah sure. So there's a few nuances like that. But yeah, that's basically it, really. Well, they, um, they are accepting feedback, but they're just doing it for this weekend because they say they want feedback to be posted on the Orc License Discord by Monday, mm. May 22nd. And we are yeah. recording on Friday, Friday 19th, 19th of May. 
Yeah, so, yeah, so very soon, very soon. If you are listening to this now, you best today <laughs> um, yeah. go give your feedback if you'd like to. Unless you're listening on Monday, in which case you're just out of luck, mate. Sorry. Sorry. So, so, so the way to do it, of course, is you just have a separate system reference document to your book. And that's how you designate your licensed content. You know, it'd be so handy, Russ. If there yes. was a website where people could go to understand different licenses, links no to them, that, that would be different system handy. reference documents. If only such, such a thing is impossible. It is beyond the realms of possibility or comprehension or even imagination. We'd really have to level up our understanding of the world. <laughs> or just to say, A five E, A five E S R D. Sorry. The website A5ESRD is what I'm alluding to there. A5ESRD.com? Yes. Wow, that's a lovely website. Someone really clever and handsome and witty. It was me. And charming. Oh, yeah, that sounds very (laughs) plausible. It was not me. No, but there is a site there where you can get a summary of all the different licenses, system reference documents, kind of what they mean. It's not legal advice, obviously, but it's a really good summary if you are, like, trying to understand what this is. And it's written in like everyday language which i really and i will say i did go through the law company and ask them to review it before Mm -hmm. it went live and said this is the advice i've written and they did suggest a couple of not Mm -hmm. massive changes because i think i did have a a Mm -hmm. decent grasp on it but a a couple of minor changes which i made um so while it's not legal advice it's not uninformed should we say yeah, so it's um, yeah. so that's a really good place if you're trying to get your head around it. And I think once the final version of the org yeah. license is done, that'll be that'll be linked on there, and there'll be. And I'll do I'll do a page for that too. Yeah. Details on that. So if you're wanting Sorry? a summary, a five esrd is a good site yeah. for that. Yeah. So it's got open gaming mm-hmm. license explanation on how to use it. It's got yep. Creative Commons and explanation on how to use it and how all the mm-hmm. different variations of Creative Commons work. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like six or seven different ones. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll add a as soon as the full yeah. license is actually published. Oh, uh, speaking of things being released yeah. in the Creative Commons, as we do oh. yet another flawless segue, mm. <laughs> uh, Sly Forish has put, uh, our friend Mike Shea has put the Lazy GM resource document online as a HTML Ooh. file. So, wow, where might I find such a thing? Slyforish.com slash lazy underscore GM underscore resource underscore document dot HTML. <laughs> or via the link in the show notes to this podcast <laughs> oh wow yeah, that would be a much better idea you should totally do that yeah, yeah that, that sounds uh, easier yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry I'll put the link into yeah. the chat so that you may see it and gaze upon it it's not particularly like amazingly formatted it's wonder and but, glory yeah what well, it's really nice for him to do it it's like a lot of good advice um, certainly mm. we on this yeah. podcast um, do we endorse things my, my, I don't know if we endorse things, but if we say things, we say we we say we like yeah, things. Yeah. Oh, well, you can endorse things right. if you like, Peter. Does it have oh. your endorsement? <laughs> I mean, it, it it depends on what you endorse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're okay. three different people with different ideas. There are, okay. <laughs> there are some things I prefer you didn't endorse. That's <laughs> not on this podcast. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, but they're, they're not things I can ever imagine you endorsing anyway. So I think we're it's, it seems likely. Yeah, well, I don't know if we endorse things, but we definitely very much like the lazy GM resources stuff. So. They, they, they mm. generally seem like excellent ideas, and now they're free. Enjoy. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, Mike is a... I mean, he's emailed me a few times yeah. about um, our efforts to put everything in SIDs and things like mm. that, and um, he's very, very much behind the whole idea of yeah. having open content and a, and a 5e alternative and all that sort of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should talk about 5e alternatives. 
later in the show. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we will. But before we talk about 5e alternatives, Let's... let us discuss one D&D to rule them all. One D&D or a D&D? The... Or one or more D&D? The current official Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> so The, the current I official think, Dungeons & Dragons playtest, surely. Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, yeah. So was it last week or the week before we talked about the Druid and Paladin playtest document that we went, we talked through? It was the week before last, I think. Um, I think it was a bit some time further back, back yeah. because we've had ones. We've had one since. Yes. In, in um, April. Yes. Or March, or indeed any time in 2023. <laughs> in a month. We discussed yeah. the Druid and the Paladin. Yeah, sure. That's and, and a podcast episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The results of that it are in now, so what other people thought. So people have oh. heard our thoughts on the podcast. Um, and yeah, so the results of the Unearthed Arcana playtest for Druid and Paladin for 1D and Diren is what I was trying to get to. To be, to be clear, this is Wizards of the Coast survey results. Correct, yeah. not yeah. ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, no, we, Wizards we, of the we Coast, have no official yes. stance. No, no, no. Well, yeah, <laughs> we do have an official stance. You can listen to our podcast episode to hear our thoughts. But the the rest of the population said that the pal- generally the Paladin was well-received, uh, so all aspects yeah. scored a 70% or higher. Which hmm. is really good, and seventy percent is uh, kind of their pass mm. mark, their benchmark mm-hmm. pass mark. Okay. If you get seventy percent, you're kind of okay. We're doing that. If you get eighty percent, it's definitely seventy yeah. percent. is pretty much a pass. Nice. So that was quite good. But the not, not everyone's a fan of the druid. The druid is divisive, as we discussed, because of the wild shape ability. Yeah, the wild shape was very oh, divisive. I vaguely remember. Wasn't it yes. very generic? Genericized now. It was kind of simple. Yeah, it was simplified. Um, I'm trying to remember it now yeah. myself. It was simplified mm. into a bunch of basically animal types. Wasn't yeah. it? You know what? That might be part of the problem that we can't remember it at all. <laughs> well, it was a while. It was well, a while back. Let me tell back. you, the main feedback from it is people aren't against simplifying world shape as yeah. a, as a concept. Yeah. But they think this version is too simplified and yeah. the different options didn't have a lot of difference, so it wasn't no. a meaningful choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I recall, was it you could be like a mammal or a fish type thing or an avian type yeah, thing? Yeah, there was like land, sea and sky. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. the differences yeah. between them weren't, it, yeah, like I said, didn't feel like a meaningful choice. And so that is the feedback they have given. So um, and so Dungeons and Dragons have done a whole video that you can sit and watch if you want to go through the, the feedback in detail. But those are the top line things so i imagine they'll go away and squirrel on the druid a bit more mm. and that's cool. i mean i i'm personally a fan of you can just pick a stat block within a certain range wherever you can find the stat block mm. wherever it is you can use it if it's within certain parameters it's kind of my preference on how to approach that sort of thing i haven't yeah. played a lot of druids so i don't have strong feelings about it i've played one once but i didn't play it as one should play a druid Mm. So I don't, oh. yeah, have a lot. I, I don't think. Is there a way? Is there a way one should, play should a have one should play a druid? Oh, okay. I said the wrong trigger word. That you, you know, I druid. don't play. I didn't play Just, a druid in the most optimal way that made full use of all its abilities and cool stuff. Okay, I, I mean that you'd be quite hard pressed to make use of all the cool stuff a druid gets. It's quite a lot. <laughs> exactly, no, I, and mm. I didn't do that well, but. D&D are doing other things this week as well. Do you want me to tell you about them as well? Are you hungry? No, oh. not right now. No, you don't fancy a cookbook? I wouldn't eat a cookbook, no. You wouldn't eat no. a cookbook? You wouldn't download a car? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that not where yeah. this is going? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, on Amazon, mm-hmm. a pre-order page has appeared for a new D&D cookbook. Oh, nice. And there was one a while back. I think we mentioned it last week, actually. It was called mm-hmm. um, Heroes Feast. Yes. And it was like an official D&D cookbook. Yeah. The new one is Heroes Feast 
Flavors of the Multiverse. Mm-hmm. And it's a new version, a new cookbook. It's kind of a sequel, I suppose, yes. one might call it. Mm. By the same writers. Um, involves a professional chef to help design the recipes. And it's got food in it, which represents all the different culinary tastes across the multiverse. That does and, sound very cool. And it's going to be tied in with the show Heroes Feast, which will be coming out on yes. E1 Hasbro's media platform. So I don't know how I feel about that. About a 24... A D&D a 20... cooking show. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's all part of the move to make oh, it Oh, yeah, sure. Sound. I don't mind it existing. I just, yeah, I just think it's... And you know what? I will even watch the first I episode. I think it's meant to be like a talk show. Like, So they're going to have celebrities and guests on and they're going to be cooking while they're doing it so i think yeah it's yeah. about food but it's also we're talking about D and gaming and a bit of a talk show yeah. by, the, by the sounds of it oh, okay. but we shall see but yeah, yeah the book isn't going to be out until november so it is mm. a wee while yeah. if you're pre-ordering and it's 35 dollars but if you're well, going to get for someone American dollars. if you want to get it as a christmas gift for somebody that could be a good good to pre-order it to make sure you get it in november that's true. Yeah, don't, don't get it for me. It's yeah. a Christmas uh, speaking I, of people getting get together all sorts of ingredients and so forth, mm-hmm. something that caught my eye, largely because of the cool names involved, it's by Cats Have No Lord, and it's, it's called Swamp Troll Witches. Okay. And you got to say, that's the sort of thing that makes you say, I'm going to click through on this because I don't know what this is about and I need to know more. And what it is, it's a 24-page a journaling game, a solo journaling game, all about uh, trolls living in a swamp, searching for potion ingredients. Ingredients, sorry. <laughs> the landscape that, of the that's, swamp changes. That's a life. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like you know, if you were a troll and this was your life, how would you journal about it? And there you go. Hmm. So, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of solo journaling games. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds quite interesting. Oh, oh there you go. Put the link in the chat for you, though. What other news have you got, Ross, for us from oh, the internet? Oh, lots, uh, lots of news. We got some D&D movie stuff. We have got a new game from Rob Schwab. We, oh, we've got lots yes. of stuff. We've got stuff from people. I mean, I don't know what order to do all this stuff. Well, let's so let's talk about when the wolves come. When the wolf comes. Oh, Just one wolf. Yes! Oh, one awesome. wolf. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. So this was a game that hit Kickstarter last year. Yes. yes. It wasn't by Schwab Entertainment, which is the company that Rob Schwab, who you might know from D&D and D&D and D&D and, and the D&D Shadow and of the Demon of D&D. Lord. Yeah, yeah. And Shadow of the Demon Lord and things like yes. that. So uh, Rob, Rob Schwab, um, very prolific game designer. Yep. Worked on a lot of big stuff. Yep. Warhammer and things as well, I think. Um, so lots of stuff. Um, anyway, so uh, this uh, hit Kickstarter last year from someone else, not from Rob Schwab. Uh, ran into trouble with fulfillment. Mm. It's the the publishing side of it, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the publishing side of it, I believe. Uh, so Rob Schraub, or Schraub Entertainment, stepped in to help out yeah. and is now going to be publishing the game. Mm-hmm. Nice. And this is basically modern day if Vikings were still around. Yes, yes. I think I've heard a little bit about that. That's uh, The idea is basically the pagans were like, oh, we'll have not your Christianity. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, put them to the sword in a major way. So now everyone's yeah. like, eh, it, I yeah. guess it's Thor's day today. So we'd uh, best pop them down the shrine and uh, lay one out to the lightning gods. We didn't smite us. Yeah. I mean, they call it a Viking verse role playing game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, That's correct. Sounds yes, intriguing. Where Vikings rule the seas and the stars. I don't know if that means there's space travel or not. I don't know. I'd hope there's space travel involved. Yeah, I think so. But it's modern day, not 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 future. So, well, if you're going to say have... Vikings rule the stars, I'm expecting yeah, some form yeah. of space travel. Yeah. Otherwise, Fair. I shall be missed. Fair. <laughs> Fair. It's just, I love the idea of it. I really yeah. love the idea of it. Oh, that sounds pretty good. 
But yeah, yeah, yeah. But the publishing yeah. will be happening now. Yeah, I think that's really good of a company to do that to go. Do you know what this? The like we've written a really cool book, we've designed something really good, but the publishing side of it isn't my bag. Mm. Let's give it to somebody who's who who can do that. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we talked about Green um, Ronin doing exactly that with uh, Into the Mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. last week yeah, or the week before yeah. as well. So you know, I think I think it's great because creating yeah. a book and publishing a book are two different things. Oh my mm. Godfather, yes, yeah. So that, that's something anyway. So. Uh, when the Wolf Comes is going to be published by Schwab Entertainment and it's going to come out. There's no date yet, but it says soon. Yeah, yeah. As we were talking about, just very briefly, you did remind me mm-hmm. that, you know, talk about the best parts of publishing. There's also, believe it or not, uh, a theoretical side to such things. And there is... Oh. <laughs> I'm going to try and say this without laughing too hard because I sort of love it, but it's also very funny to me. The International Journal of Role-Playing... Um, mm-hmm. And that has released its 2023 issue, number 13. Very excited for it. Um, what, 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 what is this? I'm not uh, familiar with this publication. Me neither. It's from Uppsala University, which I... Uh, what's that? Gotland, so I think Sweden? Uh, my apologies, my Scandinavian geography is not great. Uh, yeah, and basically the, the, the Department of Game Design... <laughs> oh, so it's has, like an academic... Yes. Journal paper. Oh, okay, okay, it's okay. It's an got international journal of role play. Yeah, they've got they've got thirteen issues out so far. Uh, they started in two thousand and eight, so they're not releasing on a hugely frequent oh, schedule. Nice, but yeah, they got they got they got a new journal out. So I thought I'd give that a shout out because you know what, I'm pretty interested. What's it about? Because it's academic research into role playing. Yeah, well, uh, just to give you a uh, flavour. Yeah, what you've got is you've got things like gaming the system, a component analysis framework. For the classroom use of RPGs. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Playing the Belly of the Beast, games for learning strategic thinking in tech ethics. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then there are some other ones which, like, I really need to, like, put aside an afternoon and go through these because, look, mm. a coin with two sides. Role-playing games has symbolic devices. Hmm. Yeah, so there's, like, a lot of different ideas that are being played around. And that's just in issue 13, so... I think yeah. the archives could be good. Like, I don't think it's sure. one I'd want to sit down and just read everything, but no. certainly things that catch your eye, it's yeah, nice to yeah. dip into. Academic yeah. journals. That's how, journals, quite, that's how yeah. journals and magazines work. You read the bits you like. There we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Victoriana? Yes, from Cubicle 7, the sort of shadow run, but in Victorian times with a steampunk twist. And they're making a 5e version, aren't they? Oh, yes, yeah, so you get. You, you folks do know all about that. Yeah, they announced it a couple well, of weeks ago, didn't they? <laughs> um, yeah. So, they're, yeah, they're announcing a new edition of their alternate, alternate history, and it's coming to Kickstarter in a few weeks. Mm. Have we already mentioned this? This is on their, their C7 yeah. D20 system. Yeah, so, okay. the new edition yeah. will be compatible with 5e, but it's built using the pub, the upcoming C7 D20 system. Mm-hmm. Good times. They're doing. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically there's going to be a new edition of it with that, using that thing, and it's coming to Kickstarter later this year. Mm. Right. Hmm. Um, yeah, so Victoriano is mm. like steampunk, isn't it? Fantasy yeah, steampunk. Yes, yes. Yeah. Steampunk, but with more heists. Uh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Have, have you ever played it? I haven't played it myself. Um, somebody no, waved the book at me and said, oh, I'll totally run this, but mm. that would be about 15 years ago at this point. Oh, right. So okay. yeah. I don't think I'm going to get to play in that game. <laughs> so you remember Angus worked on it and maybe... Did Andy Poe have been working on it or I don't know. Probably people we knew. Probably people we know worked on it, I would imagine. I think so. Yeah. 
It looks yeah. very cool. The artwork looks cool for the promo mm. image. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I love the aesthetic. I, well, I always, I've always liked the sort of Victorian steampunk aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's always, mm-hmm. it's always look good. Hey, D and D movie. Yes. You were at. You, you were you aware there was a D and D movie recently? Yeah, we we saw was it with that? you. <laughs> we did go we and did. see it. Yes, and we enjoyed it. Did we? we did, and we made a podcast about we it. We did. Are you and sure? it's mm. certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Nice. It was, it was okay. Yeah. So, A, it's hit Paramount Plus. Nice. Should you wish to uh, watch it there. Yeah. I don't know how much it costs, um, but you can, you can get it on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. It's not free yet, but you can get it on Paramount Plus and streaming. But there's also um, some stuff about the bonus features that's going to come with it. On DVD and Blu-ray. And the bonus features, you know, like the behind-the-scenes stuff mm-hmm. and deleted scenes, that sort of thing. There's going to be practical featurettes with practical effects and stunts and costumes and weapon design and stuff. There's between eight and ten deleted scenes, which is quite a lot of deleted scenes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then there's going to be loads of other extras based on like D&D lore, outtakes, character backgrounds, loads of stuff. So mm. it looks like, like the extra stuff you're going to get with um, the bonus features you're going to get with the sort of home video release. Why do they call it a home video release now? It sounds so archaic, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. I suppose it is still a video, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. I guess. Um, it's still a video you're watching your home, I guess. You, you, so if you missed it at the cinema, you can watch no. it at home. So there's, I wonder if there's going to be a sequel to that. From what I hear, it hasn't done massively well box office-wise. Mm-hmm. Money-wise for them, yeah. But I think maybe it will do really well streaming, maybe. Yeah. It'll be one of those things that people didn't go to the cinema to see but might pick it up and watch it. Yeah. Later, and that might be enough to make it worth making a sequel. Mm-hmm. Possibly, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. I certainly don't. I think they were. I think. I think it's definitely a movie that you could definitely do a sequel of. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was scope for the adventure character because there was that the, the the baddies in it were doing a bigger thing. So you could even bring in mm. new characters and have them yeah. be part of the wider plot for the villains. Um, mm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yes. Right. What else is in the news? Well, I have news. So next month, as we mentioned, the first weekend in June, the second to the fourth, is the UK Games Expo in Birmingham. We're gonna be there. We're gonna be there. And the three of us will be there. I'm so excited. Jumping around. I'm about to lose control. And I think I like it. Okay, please stop. (laughs) Anyway, so we have a stand, uh, 835 in Hall 1, where the three of us will be periodically throughout the weekend. Uh, But... We will be there, united as musketeers, uh, at the live recording of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk podcast. Uh, And so you can join us on Friday afternoon at 3.30 in the Dice Room, appropriately. Nice. And you can join us for the live recording. Do we know where the Dice Room is? Yes. Not yet. Where is the Dice (laughs) Room? Oh, fantastic. Well... I don't know how to verbally explain that to you. It's in the NEC. Right, okay. It's all the rooms. <laughs> There's a, like a cube. It's a room in the NEC. There are maps in the free guides you get at the UK Games Expo, so... We'll work it out. We're smart. I don't, I don't know right. what you want me to do right now on this podcast. But anyway, we are we are, we are are doing that, so you can come yeah. and join us there. And yes. we'll be doing, like, um, if you want to create your character for the first time for, like, Level Up or for hmm. Awfully Cheerful Engine... Um, do that, yeah. We've got that there. But we're not the only people doing stuff and things with role-playing games. Is it? At the oh, UK no. Games Expo? That doesn't seem likely. I know. Oh. There are aliens there from Free League. Oh, what, okay. What, what nice. a natural segue. Um, there's an official alien Sorry. RPG tournament happening at the UK Games Expo. Nice. Is what I'm saying. Um, so the registration is on the UK Games Expo, and we'll put the link in the show notes, and it's like a fiver. And yeah, finalists will receive a specialist alien dice 
set. I assume a set, not just one. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, maybe. Um, and the winner on the final table will receive a collection of alien merch um, as well as the RPG books. Uh, so yeah, you can register there. Yeah. yeah, there's 30 spots available. 23 of them mm. are open at the time of recording. Yeah, so there's six yeah. games. Yes. And they all play the same game, same yeah. scenario, same adventure. Mm-hmm. And then each table votes for who's the best player at that table. Okay. And then those best players go into a final. Yeah. And then the same thing happens again. And that's who the winner is. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they're defining best player, though. It's just, I think you just vote on whatever criteria you... That table wants. Because it's so subjective. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. like, did you not die? Did your character it's... not die? The <laughs> most, <laughs> you know, or... most popular player at the table is yeah. how it's being done. The, so... price is a set, the price is a set of dice. I mean, it's yeah. a bit of fun. It's yeah. not... Well, it's quite serious. <laughs> I think you'll find. Fair enough. Anyway, so that's going on. And there's RPGs happening all weekend that you can sign up to play. And there are some level-up games uh, going on as well um, mm. that you can sign up for. So, UK Games Expo. Yay! Sweet. I think we might be approaching the end of the news. Yeah. Well, I mean, earlier, Russ, you were talking about maps and so forth. Talking about maps. Count, let me get a good seg- let me get a good segue for you. And I believe at the Alien RPG tournament there'll be several maps to play in the games. Uh, that's pretty cool because uh, I got some. Um, I, I, I've come across. I know it was amazing. Like yeah, ten out of ten. That's Absolutely. so good. Smooth. What, what yeah, team? Uh, this one is like more of your resource for your GMs. It's um, mm-hmm. it's all about German folklore, and someone has put together a chap called Jürgen Herbert has put together like a, a map of folklore uh, in Germany. Okay. Some of it he's got open source because that's where he's got the stuff from. Uh, mm-hmm. And others he's been translating the German to English. So if you happen to be running some sort of game set in Europe and you wanted like plot ideas using folklore, then that looks like quite a good one. There are some like absolutely wild tales in there. Um, I follow him on Mastodon and he throws in like the odd stuff. I'm like, that is just like, why? Who's telling these stories? These are awesome, but so weird. Uh, so if you want a little bit of weird, slightly awesome, um, I'd recommend checking it out. That's uh, sunkencastles.com slash German hyphen folklore hyphen map. Also available in the show notes. Mm. Nice dice. Do you think it would be uncouth of us to do a little bit of self-promotion? I, I say self-promotion on a podcast that you've written and paid for. We try oh, to avoid it. We try to avoid doing it too much. Sitting there talking about our own products a lot, but um, level up in the UK Games Expo. What do you yeah, talk about? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention some of the things that because we had our EN Publishing monthly live stream. Uh, was it last night? Just yesterday. It was last night. In fact, yes, did, it was yeah. last night. Yeah, and we talked about a couple of upcoming things. And I just wanted to really, really quickly make. I won't go into them in loads of detail. People can watch that live stream if they want. Yes. And I don't want to blather on about our stuff. Fif- but fifteen um, minutes of Russ and I having a jolly old time. Oh, yes. Lovely. Yes. Well, um, so, <laughs> so well, a couple of the big things that were coming up were two mm-hmm. box sets, which people might know about already because mm-hmm. we have mentioned them elsewhere here mm-hmm. and there. But a couple of box sets. So yes. one is the what sort is new starter set, which is coming. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. That's your generic system, which covers yeah. uh, the old, modern, and sci-fi settings. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With the D six dice pool. That's coming to Kickstarter mm-hmm. soon, and yes. that is a box set which introduces you to the what sort is new system beautiful nice. box set it has a like 32 page rule book in it 
Not not the not the three massive hardcovers that what's sort of normally comes out. <laughs> a thirty-two page rule book, yeah. three separate adventures, a fantasy one, oh. a sci-fi one, and a modern one. And the sci-fi one is like a space station with uh, robots on it, and the mm. modern one has vampires and nuns. Two vampires, lots of hidden nuns. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so that, mm. and then it's got tokens, it's got maps, it's got pre-generated characters, it's got everything you need just to get started. What about the fantasy one? Uh, the fantasy one is uh, there's a bog hag causing some kind of uh, blight. We love bog hags on this podcast. Mm. We, we do. We're all about the swamp witch. A lizard folk bog hag, yes. A lizard oh. folk bog hag causing some sort of... I don't know if that's a spoiler, I suppose. It is a bit. Anyway, oh. that's what that one is. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Yeah, so that's, that's one box set, and that's coming to Kickstarter really soon. Mm-hmm. Mm. The other one is, of course, the uh, the Level Up box set, uh, which is going to come to Kickstarter like in the summer, and it's well underway and looking amazing. And that, again, is going to have like a 30-odd page rule book, which assumes you have the 5e books and know how to play 5e. Mm-hmm. And the 30-odd page rule book is like, okay, you've got your 5e rule books, add this to it. This is what you need to change your 5e game into a... Not all of level up, obviously, but mm. introduced to level up. Mm. Plus, it's got an adventure. Plus, it's got pre-gens. Plus, it's got maps. Plus, it's got tokens. Plus, it's got you know yeah. stuff. Unless you tried out some adventures without the commitment of buying all the books, really. Yeah, which yeah. Is, basically, yeah. it's like you can spend twenty quid on what sort is new or or level up. Yeah. Get a nice pretty box with all yeah. the stuff you need to play without having to fork out for three big hardcover books. Yeah, That's I mean, the idea. There's all, there's always the website as well, but that is a bit more bare bones. Does it have the gorgeous art? Or other production values. That's just nice. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to mention those. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted just wanted to mention those are coming. Yeah. Indeed, that they are. Awesome. Mm. And now I think we finished the news. Do you realise, my stalwart companions, that it is five years to the day that we first met in the perturbed Dragon Tavern? Five years, but it feels like it were only yesterday. Time flies, my friends. Time flies. Oh, and what a five years it has been, eh? Oh, yes. All those adventures. The tombs we've robbed. The monsters we've slain. The kingdoms we've saved. <laughs> Do you remember Isandor the Undefeated? <laughs> yes, now known as Isandor the Well and Truly Vanquished. Oh, and, and the Lich Queen Talismantia. Scourge of the Nine Kingdoms. Indeed. Oh, and then there was the uh, the League of Shadows. And the Shadow League. The Beastly Sisterhood. The Order of Chaos. The Assembly of Death. The Crimson Serpent Cult. The Dark Council. The Black Hand. The Circle of the Damned. Oh, and there was Karok, the Executioner. Draxor, the Angel of Death. Uh, Gordoria, the Bloody. And, uh, oh, Elsantia, the Frostbitten. You know what all these fiends have in common? Well, uh... They've all been uh, defeated by us. <laughs> Am I right? Well, yes, that. But also, they all have cool names. Cool names? Yeah. Names that people will remember. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Don't you ever think about our legacy? Well, not really. I'm usually thinking about dinner. When the bards sing of our deeds, what will they call us? Yeah, you, you're right. We, we need a name. Something catchy. Something inspiring. Something memorable. Something easy to rhyme. It's just good branding, really. Well, 
Did you have anything in mind? Not really. How about the Order of Light? I I think we can do better than that. I mean, there have been like 17 Orders of Light in just the last three centuries. Ooh, the Grey Fellowship. That's a little bit bland, don't you think? This isn't as easy as you might think. What do other adventuring bands go by? Oh, well, there's, uh, there's the Heroes of the Lance, there's the Circle of Eight, the Black Company, the Fellowship of the Ring. And Acquisitions Incorporated, the Companions of the Hall, the Knights of Mifgranor, the Order of the Stick. Right, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure sure we can come up with something. Well, how about, how about, the Defenders of Chaos? Hmm, why would we want to defend Chaos? Oh, I just thought it sounded good. Uh, the, the Guardians of Valor. Mm. The Order of the White Star. Oh, the Silver Blades. Oh, how about the Watchers? The Watchers? Yeah, I think it sounds kind of mysterious. You have a terrible SEO. I've got it, I've got it. The Company of Vengeance. Mm, sounds a bit evil. Yeah, we, we want something like inspiring, heroic. Yeah, something children will want to play actors. <sighs> How do people find this so easy? I know, right? Like, Elrond just plucked a Fellowship of the Ring out of thin air, and now it's the single most famous adventuring party in the entire multiverse. And all they did was walk up and down a few hills. It's good branding, I tell you. How about this? Got it? How about the Unbreakable Dawn? Mm, I like it. It makes no sense, you know, but it, it's certainly memorable. Completely nonsensical. I love it. Really? Yeah, the unbreakable dawn. It rolls nicely off the tongue. Oh, then it's settled. I'll get the stationery ordered. I can imagine it now. The songs they will sing. Oh, the stories they will tell. The franchises they will launch. Villains will quake at the mere mention. Tremble, doers of evil, for the Unbreakable Dawn is coming for you. Nobody expects the Unbreakable Dawn. Oh, you, you, you had to ruin it. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? So, our topic this week is basically when you don't want to play D&D anymore, but basically you still want to play D&D. What are your <laughs> options? So is this like... You like the core mechanics and system, but perhaps the branding, for some reasons, in 2023, some things might have happened that you're like, I don't want to support that brand. I mean, your reasons may be, uh, may be mm-hmm. varied and wide. Um, yeah. I cannot speak to your reasons, but um, I do know that okay. I have seen occasionally on these intertubes, on yeah. the uh, Twitters and uh, yeah. on the face facing books and the forums, 
Um, I have seen people saying, what are my alternatives to playing D&D, but I kind of still want to play D&D. So, I thought, that's yeah. what we'll try and tackle here. What, what, if you're in that particular position, oh. what are your options? Let's discuss mm. that. And you have many, it turns out. More than, yeah, more yeah, than you might lot. think. So, what, what I'm not suggesting is that you totally change to a totally different role-playing game. I'm not saying go and play Fate or Savage Worlds, even those that- I play that as well. Are excellent games. They're amazing yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can do that as well, yeah. But that's not what this, this that's not what we're talking about. This is, if you, you basically don't want to play D, mm-hmm. but you still want to play D&D. Okay, so this is this is alternatives to D and D, which yeah. are basically D and D, but they're not D and D. They're they're okay. kind of like D and D, but really it's not D and D, but like it's kind of really like D and D if you like D and D. Well, we've got four categories. I've divided them. I made a list, and I've divided them into four categories. So we've got basically D and D five E. That's the category. These games are basically if you play these, yeah. you're basically playing D and D five E, but it hasn't got D and D on the cover. Nice. And then we've got a category of things that are D and D five E ish. Okay. So they are basically D and D five E, but they've got enough changes in them that they're not. I wouldn't sure. like to call them a clone of D and D sort of thing. Uh, then we've got basically D and D, right? But not five E. So like an so earlier edition or yeah. v- v- variations, mm-hmm. yeah, variations of right. other D D editions. And finally, we've got quadrillion billion quantillion five um, E powered games, which aren't D and D, which is going a little further off track i suppose but i thought we could just mention those quickly at the end yeah because there's loads of examples many of those, yeah. examples too many to us no. for us to mm-hmm. even start to go into but no. there's lots of them uh, okay. yeah so that's, that's how i've divided them up they were my totally arbitrary four categories that i just came up with off the top of my head and i thought i'll divide them into these categories and then and they're not exhausted yeah. lists in any way whatsoever there will be games that exist that we don't mention what that is a thing that will happen are you trying to imply that we do not know everything well i do know everything it's just that i'm not willing to share everything because that's my knowledge wise. And wisdom <laughs> as value. Yes, that's very true, Russ. All right. Yeah, you, you, you had me all the way up to that last part. I was like, really? Okay. All right. Let's, so basically D&D 5e. Yeah. So, yeah, so the first category, basically D&D 5e. So these games, if you play these games, you will sit there and say, oh, I'm playing D&D 5e. Yeah. It'll, it'll feel <laughs> so, a lot like that, yeah. Yeah, so this is D&D 5e from companies that aren't Wizards of the Coast and aren't called D&D 5e, but kind of you're playing D&D 5e. Yeah, I mean, we're not games? Yeah, the same necessarily genre. going to be able to... Like, because like, the thing is, it's like the setting is generally the thing that gets people interested mm. and mm-hmm. playing. So, yeah, yeah. So, free. Yeah, so I've, I've included those sci-fi travel. games in this, for example, yeah, basically yeah. D&D, because if you play a sci-fi game, even if you're using the exact 5e rules for it, that's not kind of what I mean by playing D&D. D&D's the genre mm. and the game system together. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so fantasy setting. Powered by the 5e rules, basically. Cool. A D20 sort of game well, is what I'm Well, that's, that's, oh, that's oh, where oh, you move oh, into oh. the basically D&D but not 5e sort of thing, where you're varying a little bit. Right, this is, this right. is very, very close to 5e, these ones. Yeah. But basically D&D 5e is, for example, Black Flag, which is currently got the pre-launch. Tales of Valiant? Tales. Tales, Tales of, of Valiant. Yeah, yeah. And if you are on social media at the moment and the internet knows that you like tabletop RPGs, you've probably seen some adverts for it. Yeah, yeah. So this is Cobalt Presses. They announced yeah. this in January, was it? Ish? Yeah. Sure. It, I think it was in right. January in reaction to... Mm. Yeah, during the height yes. of the OGL mm. crisis. <laughs> Uh, and basically, they said, right, we are going to make a completely open version yeah. of D&D under a license that can't be rescinded using none of Wizards of the Coast's actual yeah. text, 
but it's still going to be the same yeah. game, basically. The whole idea behind it was exactly the exactly what we said at the beginning of this. Like, I really like D and D Fifth Edition. I like the rules. I like the mm. world. I like the game. But I just don't want to give Wizards of the Coast my money anymore, and I want to mm. keep playing and buying stuff. How do I do that? Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the flagpole. The um, Cobalt yes. Press has planted. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're saying. This, that's what they're we're saying not quoting them. Come and say this. And this is me summarising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a, yeah, it's a good idea. A, They've had some nice ideas. I like mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been, what, three playtests? Two playtests? Yeah, yeah. Packet so oh, Two or three, yeah, anyway. It, it's it's still early sale. days. I'm hopeful for them. Yeah. And basically, if they have any good ideas, then I will, obviously, in my own home games, will immediately, immediately steal these and start using them if I like them better mm. than anywhere else. Because that's yeah. just how I roll. Yeah. If I see a good idea, I'm going yeah. to have it. I don't, I, I don't care who wrote it. Yeah. I'm going to have it. I mean, a lot of people are super interested yeah. in this. It's uh, right, so. hitting Kickstarter really yes. soon, and it's got like ten thousand followers in advance. Anyway, it's going to be ma- it's going to be a million dollar. Yeah, it's going to be that's massive. a million. It's going to be a yeah, massive that's one. a million dollar Easy. Kickstarter. Easy. I reckon maybe two, three. Like it's oh. going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's Tales of the Valiant, previously called Black Flag, and that's from Kerbal Press. Mm-hmm. And obviously, hitting Kickstarter soon doesn't exist yet, and probably won't for another mm-hmm. year. But that is uh, that is probably an option to go to if you just want to play yeah. 5e. One to follow, yeah. Under a different banner. Yeah, yeah. So another one is Cubicle 7 have been talking about their C7D20 system. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yes, super interesting that. As far as we can make out, and again, they don't know an awful lot about it, but they have made 5e-powered games Mm -hmm. in the past. They've made Avengers in Middle-earth, and they've made a a bunch of them. I can't even remember what they are now, but they've made a bunch of 5e-powered games in the past. Yeah, well, Doctors and Daleks, isn't it? Doctors and Daleks. And so they're creating a... Victoriana, they've got coming through. So, oh, of course. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But they did the first... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I'll yeah. be quiet. Shush. Excited, yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so basically, they're, they're making basically a, a core sort of uh, C7D20... I can't be calling it that. I, that can't be the name of the game. C- C7D20. Much that I love it. I love Cubicle 7. I love D20. Mm. But every time I hear it, every time, I'm like, okay, so I need 7D20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, they'll, 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 they'll call it... For the moment, that's what but, it's um, being referred to as for the playtesting. Yeah. yeah. But that, it looks like, is going to be a version of mm-hmm. 5e which pulls mm. in some of these sort of innovations that they've made in other games. Yeah, I've got some of the, their guiding principles mm. on it. So they've said they want to have added focus on exploration, investigation, and the quiet moments yeah. between adventures. And I think that's really yeah. smart because that's something mm. I think that 5e doesn't do mm. as well. So it looks like they're mm. building on 5e, which is nice. And they said yeah. that their guiding yeah. principles yeah. are to have freedom. So it's a standalone D20 based system. So I'm guessing that's in response to mm-hmm. open license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, new and old, a modern take on a classic fantasy. Uh, they want familiarity, a system that feels familiar. So it will be similar mm-hmm. to 5e. Uh, evolution mm-hmm. growing yeah. on the bones of 5e. So like I said, they, they don't, they want it to be an evolution and not a clone. Um, mm-hmm. and compatibility. Yeah. So they want it to be compatible with 5e and have conversion guides so that all the books that you have with your 5e content, you can continue to use. Yeah. Um, so that's their yeah. kind of plans. So, uh, from the sounds of that, it'll be slightly further away than Black Flag is, but not mm. for, not much. It's, it's what I'm taking away from It's that. in a similar yeah. um, place. They um, are going to be sharing stuff. You can contact them now about playtesting. They have an email, which is mm. c7d20 mm-hmm. at cubicle7games.com. Or on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. if when they're getting to the playtesting point, they'll contact you. So you can sign up if you're interested. So that's the the, the place it is. But their plan is to offer a closed playtest mm. uh, in the next few months. 
they'd said. Mm. Um, they're actually at the UK Games Expo, so I'm sure if you're there as well, you could, um, you're going to that, you could have a chat yeah. with them about oh, it. I'd love to have a chat with them. Yeah, yeah. and um, they, they're saying also, if you're a writer, artist, editor, or graphic designer and interested in working on C7020, they are asking people to send in their CVs as well. Yeah. So they're very much yeah. in the development stage of it at the moment. Yeah. So this won't um, be out again till but, next year, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess, I guess the thing is like, let, let's assume that you're okay with, or you're not that fussed about the ethical reasons for switching mm-hmm. away from mm-hmm. Hasbro's Dungeons and Dragons. What you're concerned with is stuff like mechanical support. So you want there to be more rules for exploration, mm-hmm. like, because there are rules in Dungeons and Dragons base, in base Dungeons and Dragons for exploration. They, they do exist. They're not much fun and they don't cover a lot of ground that you'd hope they'd cover. And there are some fairly large problems, but mm. yeah, they do exist. Um, uh, you'd want things like the skill checks to work, ability checks, because there's a perfectly lovely mm. little table, goes five to 30. And you know what? As soon as you throw expertise in, it breaks. Mm. And you're routinely achieving the impossible, routinely achieving the impossible at like level 13, which is not great. And certainly things that would, it makes GMing very hard before that because your expertise is so wildly different mm. so that that's that's things um and you want gm support like you want it to be less effort mm-hmm. to run the game and that no i don't peter i want it to be more effort to run the game i want it to be really really hard to run i want okay. to watch the gms struggle yeah make them work for yeah, it. yeah yeah okay i mean i've talked <laughs> about myself working as someone who is a very very lazy person and is like I, I could i could engage with this but that that seems like a lot of effort i'd much rather just not so, you know, that, that sort of thing seems like things that you would want mm. and things that are often noticed as being a problem. Yeah. And that's even before we get into the problems with the setting. But, you know, yeah. don't, don't get me started. Okay. See, this is interesting because these ones that are hewing very, very close to D&D 5e, I don't know how much they're going to change in terms of core mechanical stuff to fix problems with the mm. game mm. because they want to stay close to 5e and say this is a version of 5e. Mm. Yeah. Once you start doing that, you start taking it slightly away from the core and you start drifting mm. into it as your own rule system then, or, mm. or it's kind of D&D 5e-ish. Then it moves mm. into the next mm. category instead, yeah. I guess, well, that, is what happens there. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't sound too much like an advert as well, because it is, <laughs> uh, EM Publishing's one is Level Up Advanced 5th Edition is the other one I was going to talk about, because that is out And that one, now. of course, is already out and has been for a year or two. Kickstarted yeah. that in 2021. Well it was fulfilled in 22. Yeah. And... Yeah, we launched another mm. follow-on book in 22, yeah. another one this year as well. So it's already like an active, alive system. Yeah, and that is Ivy. Yeah. Well, what what yeah. is Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition? If people aren't aware of us, just to give it a quick. Do you think we just haven't talked about Level well, Up Advanced Fifth Edition? Well, what if somebody is just <laughs> listening to this first podcast episode? <laughs> Look, I, I mean, the story I always tell is like me and Russ were doing a podcast, and we kept on seeing like supplements for Fifth Edition just do some massive numbers every week and um i personally was super into fifth edition but you know what was really annoying me i couldn't get the couldn't challenge the party enough but without like i'm trying to run a six encounter day i can't do all combat so i'm basically inventing my own um exploration stuff and i've got to the point where i'm like ah just 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 i'm just gonna try and whack this on um drive through rpg just has like a word document almost Mm. and if people like it people like it but just so I don't have to keep on typing out the same arguments on Reddit over and over again. 
And then Russ was like, oh, I have a plan. I'm like, what? I'm going to do an upgrade for 5e, and we're going to have exploration rules there. It was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Damn. Uh, I wish I could join. And he's like, well, you can apply for it. And so ended up doing so. And then there's like all these cool people from all over the world who are just like absolutely wild ideas. And I'm afraid I was a bit of a dinosaur. I was like, right, it's not very 5A. We're going a bit far away from the 5A. But in the end, it all worked out really well. And yeah, that's why I'm such a big fan of it. Because I know how it works, why it works. And it does a lot of things. Uh, I'm still discovering stuff about the game. Mm. And that is the sign of, I think, a really cool game. Yeah. I mean, that's that, a, so that, that's what it is. If you if you're wondering, listeners, yeah, don't know why you would be. Yeah, it's it's five <laughs> e with an added exploration pillar, an added social pillar. It's got more stuff in it, basically, and it's easier every, to run. Uh, the, the classes will redesign, so you've got meaningful choices yeah. at every mm-hmm. level. But yeah. basically, it is part of this basically D and D five e category. Yeah. Well, yeah. but these three games. Black Flag, Level Up, and yeah. C seventy yeah. twenty. As far as I can tell, are the three that are basically D and D five e. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. on to beat, I feel. Uh, so I look forward to seeing what mm-hmm. they can do. And that's like I say, it's like it's just changing things. Like no, I'll be quiet now. I don't want to get into it too much. Yeah. So so I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like an advert too much. But if you are interested, you can go to leveluptive.com yeah. or check out a5e.tools. Yeah. Uh, and all the information. I'm fairly sure that all our listeners know. I know. Well, if somebody's <laughs> listening for the first time, I want them to feel welcome and part of it. All right. Fair so enough. those Fair those enough. three yeah, systems. So we've got Black Flag and C70 20 that hmm. will be coming to Kickstarter this year, probably coming out hmm. next yep. year, which are going to be basically D&D 5e. What have we got in the D&D yep. 5e-ish category? Yeah. So this D&D 5e-ish mm. category, I kind of defined as these are pretty much D&D 5e, but the creators have taken it and made... Ch- enough changes that when you, when you start playing it, you can think that I'm familiar with this. I'm familiar with this system, mm-hmm. but it's not exactly D and D five E. Okay. Now mm-hmm. the creators might disagree with me. I don't know, and they would probably know better than I do. And if so, I am sorry. But share your. They're not um, here right now, so share your opinions, <laughs> but, Ross. But, this, is, this is your well, podcast. This is basically the, the the impression that I got is is what this is. So, mm-hmm. so the first is uh, the Iskandar Player's Handbook five E. Which comes from MT Black. I haven't heard of this, okay. so I don't have any opinions. Well, I mentioned it on the podcast. I thought, yeah, but... yeah, you have mentioned yeah, it I before. I don't, I don't listen to everything you say, Peter. You but say, I mean, so to be many fair, things. I mention a lot of things. You don't hang on my every word with bated breath. I do not. Fair. I respect you. I respect you enough to not lie to your face. That's more about MT Black stuff. <laughs> no, that's good. good. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Honestly, but what, what do we know about Iskandar's Players Handbook Five E? Right. Well, what we do know about this is there are a number of books in this in this in this series. But basically, Empty Black Games is a player's handbook, a complete set mm-hmm. of rules for Five E. Mm-hmm. So you buy that one book, you've got a complete set of rules for Five E. Um, what it does slightly differently is just um, it just changes some of the ancestries. Is the, is the word that uh, he uses here? Has no elves in it. It's got thirty six different subclasses. A lot of new and remastered stuff. So it is five e, okay. But it is tweaked quite a bit, um, just to fit into this world, which yeah. is called Iskandar what? and the world around it. So okay, it's a it's a, it's a setting as well, and that uh, and some of the content of five e has changed to that. But it's a complete game. Why does it specifically have no elves in it? What's they got beef with elves? Because just the. World of Iskandar isn't in it. Okay. Don't have 
Um, Iskandar is a city of the shining spires where merchants are masters and queen is king, but thieves and assassins rule the night. Um, so it's a 500 page book, this, and it's everything you need to play. Okay, cool. You also yeah. have on the list get another game I don't know, which is called Dungeon Esque. <laughs> Dungeon Esque, yes. And this one which I'm was actually. is a burlesque version of D&D 5e. Sadly. Is it reminiscent of You will be disappointed. I'm sorry. I am very well, sorry. There's a third party book I need to make. There we go. Hang on. Okay. Carry on. So this is a, a sort of boxed set. So it's like a red, uh, like a, it's called the Dungeon Esque RPG Red Box. It's a fantasy role playing game. It's got 5e mechanics, but it's kind of optimized for right. old school style of play. Right. So it's a, it's a complete 5e game, fantasy D&D style game, but, but, but the style of play is, is kind of a bit more old school than 5e has. But it's still five. But it is still five E. That's why I call it. That's why I call this category D and D five E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's going to be familiar if you've played five E and are used to that. This isn't going to be a huge leap in learning for you. Yeah. I mean, it? where yeah. would you yeah. put five yeah. torches deep yeah. in that sort of thing? Because that's a five E. Oh, that's from our good um, friends at Sigilstone Press, who are unreliably informed, devoted listeners to the show. Even yeah. If they're very shy and don't want to talk to us. <laughs> I know they don't do social media or oh. podcasts, and it's so sad. But it's okay; we still no. love you. Um, but yeah, no. uh, they uh, five torches deep is using again that very basic uh, core mechanic of D anD. d But again, it's going for an OSR yeah. flavor, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, I am not as familiar with this one. Um, let me. I'm just looking would, at it. Five E plus OSR. Would you categorise it as D and D five E ish, or basically D and D, but mm, not five E? I'd say it's leaning heavily into the OSR traditions. Of it looks dungeon esque. It looks like it's in the same yeah, bracket. Yeah, like, so it's sort of like got the old school okay. flavour, but using the more modern core mechanic, which things like the true okay. OSR mm. hacks do not have because. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is based around you make up a dice challenge for whatever system you're facing or whatever challenge you're facing. Like you need to list a portcullis, it's D100. Yeah. You know, you might combine strength scores to move a big block of stone. You know, just just making up yeah. like a challenges now, yeah. rather than your basic D&D, which is cat. What 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 ability score is it tied to? Yeah. Do you have proficiency? Roughly, where does it fall on the five to thirty table? Give me a roll. That's the number. Let's go. Yeah. So my my kind of categorization was if if it was going to be in that it is basically five B, yeah, yeah. it would basically yeah. have to have all the same classes and the same species uh to qualify yeah. to be in that category. Okay. So for example this one, looking at it, there's only four there's four yeah. um they they're using the term races, uh and only four uh, yeah. four classes, warrior, thief, mage and zealot. So yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. what we'll put that into the five E ish category for me. So it might be powered by a five E style rule set. But no, absolutely. You, you can't come along and play your 5e monk in it. Nah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of. I will not play a game if I can't do that. Well, whereas, whereas you can replicate your 5e monk in those other games that yeah, are in the, yeah. in the, in the this is 5e. I do. I thing. do have a 5e yeah. goblin monk called um, Yum, and they survive when they really shouldn't, and they've been in multiple nice. one shots as a result. They generally mm. run in, punch a lot, and then run away screaming. Then mm. they stay alive that way. It's a classic monk toddler warfare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I feel, yes. I feel we've sort of got mm. like almost a spectrum within the 5e-ish category, ranging from mm-hmm. like the, this is very close to 5e. So it's like sort of 5e adjacent, but it's been modified going through to OSR. So it's like, I don't know if I, 
I don't know if 5e-ish is quite the right category here, but hmm, interesting. I'll think upon it there's more. An, there's, an, there's an ishy scale. Yes, clearly an ishy there. scale. Which mm. is funny because it sounds like fishy. Which is very different to a yes. different <laughs> to a fishy scale, yeah. That's it, a different it's thing. invented by Morris, so therefore it's the Morrishy scale. <laughs> Dear. All right, let's move on. So we have another category you said, which is basically D and D, but not five E. <laughs> so this these are things that yeah were kind of branched off at earlier versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the obvious yeah. big big one. What's that? Is Pathfinder. I've never heard of that. What's that? Never heard of Pathfinder. Yeah. I don't know I either. Jess. Jess, 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 Jess. That's my next podcast. Well, let's get a fourth yeah. one on the go. Jess, I'm Jess. forward to see your comedy stylings. Uh, and very yeah. funny. Yeah. So there's two editions of. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and everybody knows. But um, there's two editions of Pathfinder. There's the original uh, Pathfinder first edition, which came off D and D three point five. Mm-hmm. And there's the current edition, which is an evolution into more of its own thing, but it's still yeah. very D and D. Second edition, but yeah. it's not it's yeah. not D and D five e. Yeah, that's true. I've I played um, the starter set recently, mm. and it was familiar enough that um, from playing like five e and level up that I was like, yeah, I yeah. know roughly what I'm doing here. But there's enough differences that it yeah. it felt meaningfully I think if you different. If you play a Pathfinder game, you still still feel like you're playing D and D sort mm. of. Don't yeah. you? it's the same sort setting of setting wise. Yeah. yeah. But there were there were yeah. a few mechanical differences that yeah. I had to be reminded of a few times. I was like, oh no, it's it's like this in this game. But yeah, mm. it's like I say, it's not it wasn't a hugely steep learning curve if you're already used to playing that style yeah. of game. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's still D twenty fantasy, and D twenty fantasy is a big broad Exactly, category. exactly. And I don't And and all the games in it have an awful yeah. lot of similarities. And a lot of people said it's more complicated than um 5e D and D 5e. It's more granular, is and, what it is. Not more yes, and I yeah, I didn't think it was more difficult to grasp. There's there's lots of other different bits, and I've obviously only played the starter set, so I've barely scratched the skirt surface of this rich world. But I I I wouldn't say it's more difficult to learn than 5e. That's fair. It's different, hmm. but yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, uh, achieving like it depends. I guess it's like the concept of system mastery is useful here. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm a master at no systems, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah, like, you can start off, you can know it. Mm-hmm. Like, there are apps to let you build characters, which is really handy, because, mm-hmm. like I said, I've, I've really struggled with that myself. Um, the world, that if, if, if law, existing law and setting is important to you, and you really want to dig into that, there is a lot. There is so much. They just keep on mm-hmm. bringing out stuff, like, the Age of, mm-hmm. the Age of Lost, mm-hmm. the World of Lo- the Age of Lost Omens, Galarian, is big. It's got a lot of cool ideas in it, um, and they're really mm. throwing it all together. So, yeah, that is very powerful on mm. that side of scale of things. So, if you want to play D&D and you want your lore to be written, if you want good adventure paths, may I say that Paizo are probably some of the best adventure path writers out there. Yeah, I don't think that's controversial nice. at all, is it? It's just like, yeah, no, it's just how they roll. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a stocking trade. I, I have basically. heard yeah. that. They say a lot of people use the, the, uh, the adventure paths from Pathfinder in their 5e mm-hmm. games because they like the 5e system, but they like the stories yes. and the adventure yeah. paths. So, yeah, yeah that's, um, so that, that offers a lot to GMs and mm-hmm. no two ways about it. Yeah. 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 I think, I think Pathfinder is kind of your biggest choice if you don't want to play D&D, but you want to play yeah. D&D. You mm-hmm. Pathfinder is the, you want yeah, to be yeah, yeah. kind of really, isn't it? It's, it's a, it's a, a, the, a, a yeah. strong choice. It's the yeah. obvious choice. Not to be said for it, yeah. yeah. The other one you've yeah. got on your list yeah. is 13th Ooh. Age. Yes. So this is kind of that is a bit older. Almost on the opposite end of the scale, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, they are, they're bringing out second, 13th yeah. Age 2nd edition. Mm. They are, Which is going yeah. to kickstart yeah. this mm. year. 
Yeah, but the original 13th Age is kind of in between like 3 and 4E almost, mm. with a bit more sort of narrative uh, I am a massive fan of 13th Age. I really love a lot, lot yeah, of stuff I know about you are. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's, it's not 5E, no. so I did have them on the Not D&D podcast. No, it's, it predates yeah. 5E. Yeah. Yeah, so I had them on the 5E. Not... Um, not not D and D podcast to talk about it in detail about second edition. So if people do, well, I should argue it is basically D and D. Okay, well they came on the show, so I decided they didn't. <laughs> so if you do want to go into it in depth, I have uh, an hour's interview with Rob uh, going through that mm. there. So yeah. if mm. obviously we're going to talk about it briefly now, but if you want to go into more depth, it's on that podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you talk about it, Peter? Because you you're probably more familiar with yeah. it than we are. I think. Yeah. Uh, setting wise, it's uh, extremely flexible. They the Thirteenth Age rulebook has a lot of detail about the settings, but in the sense that it offers like multiple interpretations for pretty much every single thing that it could be, and it's just like a massive source of creativity. Uh, the major things are it's meant to be easy to pick up and run on an improvisational basis. Uh, like it's one of my favorite for Pika-esque style adventures. Ones which are like little self-contained ones which mm. just happen. Awesome stuff happens and then like you go off somewhere else completely. It's really good for that. The mm. in-game design, a lot of it is constructed around sort of the free talents that they have. And then there's like 10 feats that you would choose as you level up. So, yeah, it's mm. it's very self-contained and very fun. I'm really looking forward to 13th Age 2nd Edition because I think that, that that's that's probably my most anticipated game, actually. Like, I'm really looking forward to Black Flag and Cubicle 7 D20, but 13th Age 2nd Edition, that's going to be special for me. Got to be honest. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. Mm. Yeah, very interested. Yeah. So what else do we have in this category? So basically in the D&D, yeah. but not 5e. So in the early 2000s, mm. right before the 2000s, mm-hmm. the D20 yes. boom, there were hundreds oh, of so D20 many. power games. Yeah. From every genre, like Conan and Star Wars and Babylon 5 and like mm. everything you can think of, there would yep. have been a D20 game. And this used the D20 system basically spinning off the 3e mm-hmm. d20 system uh, but there are so so many of those that i mean obviously they're not in print anymore you'd have to try and obtain yeah. them second hand but if you can if you can think of it it probably exists might well be on drive for rpg to be honest um, or it might be on drive for rpg yeah maybe maybe yeah that's yeah. like a lot of them are licensed games though, so a lot of those probably wouldn't be but non-licensed yeah. games yeah yeah yeah, so there's loads and loads and loads of those spinning off the three E yeah. system, like D twenty modern. Uh, yeah, but that's that's oh, Wizard yeah, of the Coast, yeah. though. We're sort of saying people oh, yeah. who want to not. Yeah, uh, and then of course mm. we've got retro mm. clones, of which oh. there are many, 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 <laughs> many retro clones. <laughs> yeah, that's not a small number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember Osric was one of the big mm. early ones, which was A D and D first edition kind okay. of retro clone. Wow. And I remember picking up a copy of that at Gen Con one year, many years ago. Mm. So that was one of the really early ones. And that was kind of my first exposure to the OSR. I realised the OSR pre- possibly predates mm. it, maybe. I don't know if it does or whether it maybe yeah. it created. I don't know what the time, timeline is there. But that was my first yeah. exposure to the OSR. Uh, and the OSR, of course, being the old school revival, the old school what, yeah. revival, whatever you want to call the R, is basically about... Um, playing games in the style of earlier yeah. versions of D&D. Which has later evolved into things like the hashtag sword dream uh, as well. Yeah. 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 So Oswick was one of the big early ones. I think the uh, current 
most popular one, I think, from what I can make out. Again, I'm not, you know, this isn't this isn't the sort of my wheelhouse, but um, Old School Essentials mm. from Necrotic Gnome appears to be the very, very popular uh, one yes, at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, there's, I mean, there's so many retro clones, so many of them of the sort of basic box sets mm-hmm. of D&D, the ADD first edition, second edition, third edition, fourth edition. Any any edition of D&D, there's going to be a retro clone. And it basically clones... Some of them clone the game exactly, pretty much. Uh, and you're basically playing that version of the game. Some of them do make changes, so they're inspired by versions of that game or spin off that yeah. version of that game. But if that is your bag, there will be something there for you. There's so much to choose from. Yeah. So much. Uh, other big names, White Hack and the Black Hack, those are yeah. some fairly major games. But, but there's just so many. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there are things like uh, Swords and Wizardry and things like that. Um, what else is there? We've got uh, uh, Dark Dungeons, Mazes and Perils, uh, Blue Home, Basic Fantasy RPG, which is a retro clone of um, the 1981 Basic and Expert sets, Labyrinth Lord. Hmm which is, again, the 1981 basic set and the expert set. So a lot of these come off the same the same materials. Yeah. But, you know, retro clones are a big, big, big yeah. thing. Yeah. There's a whole industry of them. Yeah. So whichever version of D&D is your favourite, there will be a version. Yes. And multiple versions, in fact. You'll have, you'll have many choices. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that basically takes us to the end of the things that are basically D&D mm-hmm. section. Yeah. But not 5e. No. Uh, but we we then get into the sort of... So you're playing of those. You are going to sit down. You are still going to feel like I am playing D&D to an extent. Yeah. Any yeah. of the yeah. things we've mentioned so far. Yeah. Like a lot of it will be familiar. To yeah. a greater or lesser extent. But yeah. They're all, they're all fantasy D20 based games. Uh, yeah. Like, they're, 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 like some of the key differences are, I suppose, that you'd immediately notice are that if you're playing Pathfinder, you'd have different sorts of proficiency bonus, depending on how well trained you are. And if you're playing 13th Age, you'd add your level. And maybe you'd add a backstory because you've got a number of points into a backstory and that's how you do a skill check. And that's yeah. the sort of thing that you'd probably notice to be like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird, but yeah, I can deal. But, yeah, yeah. The, the diff- there'll be differences there, yeah. but I, I still think, you know, you'll sit there and you'll still feel I'm playing D&D, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, but this next section, possibly not. Okay. So this next section is 5e powered games. So the games are powered by the D&D 5e game engine. Yeah. So you will be familiar with the basic way the rules work. Yeah. But these are things that are definitely not D and D in terms of genre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are loads of them. Yeah, like Doctors every and every every month on Kickstarter, there's another couple of them, uh, and have been for years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's so many of them. So Doctors and Daleks, we've mentioned recently on the show, we, we, which is Cubicle Sevens. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, Secret um, Agent the, from Black Cat. Uh, that they've yeah, been on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stargate, um, that was one I back Kickstarter. Stargate, for. yeah. That yeah, is a, its own wild taken thing. That's pretty cool. I put Lord of the Rings 5e in this category. I wasn't sure whether to put it in one of the other categories or not. Yeah. It's maybe, maybe not. But it's plastic wrap. I, it, so maybe it should be in D and D 5e ish. I'm not sure. Mm. Unlikely. But it changes all the classes yeah. and all of the all the speeds. So I, I, I think it's kind of 5e power, but not D and D. But you play it, you play, it, you will recognise the mechanics yeah, yeah. as being 5e. I mean, we've got like, um, I mean, I like that list you got there. Carbon 2185. Um, mm-hmm. That. That we've had them on the show doing the cyber cyberpunky type yeah. thing, yeah. Espergenesis by Richard uh, Schofler, yeah. Sci-fi, yeah, yeah. some high concept science fiction there. Hellboy, yeah. Oh, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. There's a few licensed yeah. ones, yeah. Was it, is it not Mark? It's not Mark Burroughs, is it? 
Red Scar? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Red Scar Publishing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they're not involved with it anymore, mm. though. It went over oh, to someone okay. else, but I couldn't tell okay. you who offhand. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know what happened it's to Red still around. But, yeah. But I've, I've got a list of, and this is by no means exhaustive, yeah. but I do have a list on my site of standalone third-party 5e power games. Oh, nice one. Uh, let's look at Beowulf, Age of Heroes, some handiwork. Do you remember that uh, one? Oh, yeah, with John Hodgson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I've, I've got that. I really need oh, okay. to go over that one. I think whatever, if there's like a popular TV show or, or book or something, there's likely a mm. 5e powered version yeah. of it. It's like. Ultra Modern 5, mm. which is kind of, uh, a 5e powered D20 modern, I suppose, in a I way. Don't it's not D20. Uh, oh, there's Pugmire. Pugmire? Yeah, Box Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's those. Yeah. I mean, ran it for me. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's so there's, so, there's so, so many of them, so many of them. But yeah, five E power is an awful lot of games out there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, well, I think that kind of we get to the end of the topic there. Really, we've kind of covered yeah. it all. These four categories of games There are definitely games that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. So we link a lot of these in the show notes. So if people liked any of those, yeah, yeah, I need to it's, it's a big old link, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> big old list, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's plenty of options for people. Yeah, so yeah. If, you if you like wanna... if you like D&D 5e but want to branch out and try something else for whatever reason. But still reason, want to play D&D. Yeah, there's literally... Yeah. When you want to play D&D but you basically still want to play D&D. Yeah. When well, you don't want to play D&D but you still want to play D&D, yeah. But on that note, I think we're done. Let's get out of here. Yeah, I think we're done. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Uh, It's um... not available in video format. There's no VHS for it. So if you were no, hoping no, to get video, that... No, video... VHS isn't... Video doesn't mean VHS. I know, but video. I was just saying there's also no VHS release with it. You know? mm, okay. Or Betamax. Or Betamax, <laughs> 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 yeah.